0: Welcome back to Negotiated Management, your one-stop shop for politics, propaganda, and pop culture.
1: In episode ten, we talk about Eight Chan. Is he real? Have we actually found him?
0: Is he me? Is he you?
1: Is it the guy that lives in the Philippines as a pedophile and runs Eight Coon?
0: And Two Channel, and the guy, the hacker known as Eight Chan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, following that, we discuss Inner Mongolia. Are they really declaring war? On Mongolia or China?
0: (laughs) Is the balkanization of China coming to us today? Yes. Maybe, maybe not. Find out next week on Negotiated Management.
1: (laughs) And finally, Uyghur 4. Do we really have to talk about this anymore?
0: Yeah, Probably.
1: Let's talk about the new allegations that have been coming out about the Uyghur camps. That's all we are going to be talking about today and many more. On Negotiated Management, episode 10.
0: Alright, so, uh, are we gonna do a little break here, or just going?
1: We'll just throw, like, the, um, hey, let me pause it. Uh, So, Jim, it's been, what, a week, two weeks since we last recorded?
0: Uh, yeah, last week, yeah, two weeks, because I was on a vacation. Mm -hmm. uh from our professional podcasting gig yeah we
1: took a little (laughs) break from that you know and i was busy uh Mm -hmm. you know school year starting back up again which means that i have lesson plans and all that boring teacher stuff you know to plan out for the next school year Mm -hmm. uh but i'm busy
0: too you know just editing some stuff looking for a new job uh you know the LinkedIn sea of despair and existential dread. Mm-hmm. I've been going through that for the past two weeks. Mm. But yeah, it's you're it's going okay.
1: <laughs> But anyway, uh, you were you just recently went on vacation, right? Why don't? You, what? Where did you go?
0: Um. So I went way down south, past the Mason Dixon, all the way down the land of Dixie, known as Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three hour drive. Leaving
1: the state. Oh, God. Yeah. That's why, you see, this is why I'm having you record behind a plexiglass wall right now. Exactly.
0: Um, well, no. See, I found out in Maryland that COVID does not actually exist. You mm. know? Really? Tell, I, I, enlighten me. I, I was um, enlightened and awoken and demasked by uh, our good family friend who... Um, doesn't believe in masks or COVID, and he really put me on the right path forward to um, what the new American century really means. Oh, and what is that? Well, uh... What does it mean to be... Sorry, our our friend just texted us, Xi Jinping has an OnlyFans now. Just a a quick breaking news.
1: Guys, make sure to subscribe to the Xi Jinping's OnlyFans. Uh, If you do... Xi Jinping will personally come and stomp on your balls. Oh man, I would fucking God, love that. God, that'd be so fucking hot. Can you imagine? While he reads like Mao,
0: Xi <laughs> Jinping with my dick's characteristics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maoism yeah. with dick characteristics. No, yeah,
0: Xi Jinping thought. Xi Jinping thoughts. Xi <laughs>
1: Jinping <laughs> thoughts. Yo, that's di- that's a uh, dick-looking good. But Porn is illegal in China, but yes, um, that's right. No one jerks off in China. That's how we're so
0: productive. Exactly. But yeah, it was it was a pretty fun time. I mean, you go past the Mason Dixon, you just get right out of Wilmington, and it's an entirely different country down there. That yeah. It? What's it like? Um, uh, it's white trash driving jeeps with the blue lives matter flags. Um, you mean
1: the un-complete, incomplete, 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 incomplete? The, the incomplete LGBTQ flag. Yes, exactly. That's just what I'm going to call it from now well, on. Well,
0: I mean, if you do put blue lives, orange lives, red lives, purple lives, which is like school teachers, and green lives, which is like... Wait, I think school I teachers green. are purple? I, I guess so.
1: No, no, I don't want to be purple. I want to be I'm like... wearing a purple
0: femboy shirt right now. Um,
1: it's actually lavender right Lavender, now. okay. It's but pastel All lavender. of the
0: colors of all of the service workers make up the LGBTQ flag. So, I mean, that's cops are gay. That's what I'm trying to say. That is true.
1: And not like in the homophobic way, but like, I mean, being any being in the police and being in the army and slash military in general is a pretty gay experience.
0: Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, leather boots, kinky boots and leather jackets mm-hmm. are pretty hot. Just, just saying. You don't really... Yeah. Want, no one wears them today except for gay people. Mm-hmm. So, cops but, are gay. Cops are gay. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, no one really wants to believe in masks down there, but they all live in this like alternate reality and i I like to put it uh like with the overton window on the political spectrum you know the political uh compass yep um so we have our four directions right or four uh what what, cardinal what do you call yeah cardinal directions you have leftist authoritarian rightist authoritarian and caps and uh, left is libertarian le- yeah like, right wing libertarians yes uh, and then uh, you can't really put those people in any of that spectrum really they're they're centrist still because they believe in trump and their only political agency exists to counteract like democrats in the north or the yankees or who they perceive as the yankees because the guy we were with was from new jersey and he's not really a conservative mm-hmm. or he's he's not really a redneck but he pretends yeah. to be one but they exist in a like a third dimensional sphere mm-hmm. and, of consciousness. Yes, exactly. So there's there's two more. There's a z-axis in the political spectrum. You have the chillers and the grillers. So you all you have to understand, like you could be like a Maoist, but you also can be either grilling or chilling. Mm-hmm. You know. And what's the difference between grilling and chilling? Well, chillers are very. Very open and friendly with people. They just want to chill. They don't really care who you are. Like, they just want to chill on the couch and smoke weed and, you know, just hang out, drink a couple beers, watch the game, or not even watch the game, maybe hold a LAN party. Yeah. Or just chill. You know, they're not really out there to do anything. But then the grillers, all they want to do is grill. All they want to do is grill for themselves. Yeah. As long as them, they themselves and their life is a okay yeah they can go out of their boat, catch some fish, so come back and grill so you could say it's like communal versus individual yeah yeah, exactly, so there's uh, it has to be a communal and individual aspect, okay, and the grillers will do anything they can by all means necessary to preserve their ability to grill, yeah, so okay. that that's kind of what it he uh most people in like the south are like centrist grillers
1: centrist grillers all they want to do is Although, grill, I mean, but they, they will
0: kill you if you step in. Yeah. and try and fuck with their barbecue
1: okay so they're like I mean they're they're voting for Trump so they're right wing he's yeah. pretty authoritarian
0: but remember why do people vote for Trump like uh when we talk to those ah, like, Trump supporters
1: believe that he's not
0: he, so I think because those he's are not libertarian. Who? who is Trump not
1: he is not the establishment
0: no he's not Bill Clinton ah so that's why they vote for Trump because Joe Biden is Bill Clinton mm-hmm. he's Yankee Bill Clinton yep it's like those y- damn carpet long- bagging Yankees. It's like Yankee long brim. It's like oh, Yankee Bill Clinton. So that's what Joe Biden is. Yeah. And then Obama was Black Bill Clinton, <laughs> or more Black because Bill Clinton was the Black president back in the nineties because yeah. he played the saxophone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that that that's how we determined blackness back in the day was you know how well you can play the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking wild in the nineties. But yeah, so whoever's not Bill Clinton. Is who they deem best to be president? Because mm-hmm. m- m- most Trump supporters that are were like Bill Clinton supporters, back in like you know Gen X people. That's where you get that whole idea of like the older you get, the more conservative you get.
1: Yeah, honestly, Gen X was like the last good generation or the last generation that got to experience like the good life of oh, America. Oh yeah, you know, you know the 80, the ones who were like fully adults buy a house 80s. at thirty. Yeah. marry and have kids yeah like they didn't college. they weren't boomers they didn't get to buy a house at like 19 or 20 but no. they did get to do it by the time they were you know late 20s maybe yeah. and you know they 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 saw the rise of computers and technology so they're like the early techies mm-hmm. but you know they didn't get to they didn't have to experience any of the economic collapses yeah that happened and then
0: you know they, they when they really became of age to vote was at the end of the Reagan administration. Yeah. So he was like the Republican and Bill Clinton was the cool, you know, the cool young hip guy from the South. Yeah. And his wife was... uh, Who wore Ray-Bans
1: and uh, played the saxophone and and slept with his secretaries. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And yet his wife still ran the show. Yeah. So... Honestly, that's like the the dream life. The entire brand of like the non Tea party GOP is just literally not being Bill Clinton. And then the entire brand of the DNC is... Just being Bill Clinton.
1: <laughs> as, listen, or it's just the Republican Party from like 10 years ago. Like, yeah. remember like 10 years ago when it didn't suck as much? Like, let's just do that. Let's mm-hmm. just be that Republican Party, you know? mm but, um, but, sorry, what was our original point that we were talking about? Um, we're we already started fucking rambling. Like, yeah. that's basically what our show is known for at this point. <laughs> like, we just fucking ramble about random things. Yeah. I didn't think it would happen this early. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Maryland. That's right.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of where I was getting to. But mm-hmm. the whole grilling versus chilling, everyone yeah. in the South is a griller. Everyone's a know? griller. You know, like, God dang, I just want to grill. Yeah. and Not but, even,
1: like, a communal griller. Like, everyone's just sitting in their own fucking backyard grilling by themselves. Yeah, no, they
0: want to go out and catch their own fish and then come back and grill their own fish. They don't want to come back and hold a cookout. Like, you know, you go down to, um, like, San Diego, and they'll have, like, these massive block parties and do, like, massive fish cookouts and throw it all in, like, Fritos bags and just hand them out to random people in the neighborhood. Like, that's chilling. Those those are chillers. You know, you go to Bushwick uh, right on, like... um, Right, right by the subway station uh, uh Broadway I think uh, it's like just that massive just like all these street carts you have the road blocked off you have everyone just kind of hanging out eating ices and making food and mm-hmm. just eating and having fun those are that's a chill place but you got to Maryland everyone has like a nice neat little beach house their own boat that and their own little uh beach like condo and all they do is grill all they mm-hmm. want to do is go down there and grill away from everyone else. Yeah. Also, grilling away from everyone else.
1: So, where a chiller is like a potluck dinner, right, with all your friends, the <clears> griller <throat> is the guy who shows
0: up with like his potato salads and he yeah. just
1: sits in the corner and eats them by himself.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you can only be a centrist on the left and right and be a griller because you think of a sphere, right? If we're all the way to the left. What or- about a cube? Wouldn't a cube work better? No, because then that's four. That's four sides oh, that's four and dimensions. the top and bottom.
1: Ah, so it's like a.
0: It's like a time cube theory. It's the the
1: the time, the time cube. No, no what does it be like? It's like a um, it's like a square at the bottom and then a, a round oval. So it's like a a a space observatory.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Yeah, sure. yeah, but the political spectrum though, because uh, it's metaphysical. It has no corners. You can't get back into a corner in the metaphysical sense. Be- oh, it's because there's always someone more radical than you. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a circle. Because if you look at a circle and we have a cardinal plane that we're looking at it at, left and right are the, uh, what is it, uh, apo something. It's like when you're on orbit and you're at the highest point of the orbit. Okay. So the left and right are the most radical left and most radical right. Yes. But they're equal in authoritarianism and uh, libertarianism. Yeah. So that's when it's perfect, you know, perfectly capitalist. Yeah, that's like the simplified. It's like, fair just... and perfectly Marxist or yep. orthodox Marxist where everyone's equal. That's absolute Marxism, right? Yeah. And then you can go up and down. Yeah, up and down. And you can also go back and forward. Yeah, so up and down but, is like authoritarian. on a sphere, you're all the way to the left of the sphere. If you're looking at it in a sphere static, you pull backwards. You can only go more towards the center. Mm-hmm. So you can only be a true griller or a true chiller if you're a centrist. So that's that's expanding on the theory of of, of uh, centrist, you know. Okay. So that's my theory of centrism.
1: Well, then, could is it, that
0: centrist can only be chillers or grillers? They can't I, really be any radical like, ideology.
1: I feel like I could argue, however, that left wing
0: ideology is inherently chiller. Well, it is, but remember, chilling and grilling only exist in the uh, with the modifier of. Centrism. So within the Overton window. Yes, exactly. Okay. So rightism is inherently griller and left is pretty chill. But we have to exclude those because there's no definitive uh, modifier for the centrists. You know, so that's that expands on the centrist theory or ideology. And centrist can either be one of two things. It's chillers or grillers. Got it. Okay. So that, that's my theory of centrism. That's I have a whole thesis about it. I put on a, right. um, the medium on OnlyFans. Yeah, on OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> you got to subscribe to my OnlyFans. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Centrism, uh, <laughs> centrism,
1: where you just espouse about the merits of of the Overton window. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break because my laptop battery is dying, and yep. we will see. And we are you... fifteen
0: minutes in, so yes. we'll talk to you next about uh, the hacker known as QAnon. Yes. Bye.
1: welcome back to negotiated management all right let's get on to the actual news story of today qanon right or q yeah qanon so who is qanon well before we can talk about qanon let's talk about what is qanon right like what is the actual like because i hear about people talking about it Mm -hmm. all the time and i see people posting about it but i never actually knew like fully like well understood what QAnon was until like last week right Mm -hmm. and basically and like I had like my ideas about what QAnon is but when I actually like read about what they actually believe or what the person is you know putting out it was even more wild than I could possibly believe
0: well with QAnon we see all these people that have like these weird Q shirts and mention all these weird uh, occultist uh, identifications with just the letter Q yeah. And for for a while they were pretty obscure and out out in like the fringe of politics. Yep. But more recently now that Trump has been uh retweeting and talking about QAnon um conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Mike check, okay, sorry. Uh but yeah, as Trump has been talking about QAnon uh, conspiracy conspiracy theories and retweeting all of these weird occultist things, more people have been uh following. You following? Yeah, QAnon. And so uh what is QAnon? And so, uh, what what is this idea behind this uh the followers of Q? Yes. So uh, QAnon comes
1: from the family of conspiracy theories of drain the swamp, right? Which is like basically it's the same thing as Pizzagate from back and during the Hillary Clinton campaign, where essentially the Democrats are running a pedophile, satanic, sex ring underneath the pizza parlor, right? Oh, At- yeah, yeah, the uh, pizza, pizza parlor in D.C. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Now, now, we look back on uh, Pizzagate, and we realize that wh- while they were on the fringe and they were on the out- outer rim of like, the truth, we found out that uh, the conspiracy was actually real. It just wasn't a... It's not, it's not a secretive thing.
1: At least not to, like, the people, you know, in power. Yeah. It's just a... It's just... They don't need to hide it under, like, a gross pizza parlor.
0: Yeah. They can just... They're, they're rich. They can just buy an island. Yeah, like, think about it. Why would the rich hold a uh, cabal of child sex slavers in a grimy pizza joint in, what is it, Northern D.C. or Bethesda, Maryland? When they have enough money to just have a private island and just do it legitimately. Exactly. Like, if you were in power, just why would you do that? Just buy an island in some
1: third rate country that doesn't have, that has lax child laws and just fuck children there, right? That's basically the thing. So, but QAnon, it runs with that idea, right? And it runs the idea that uh, there is a Satan worshiping group of pedophiles that runs, like, this global child sex trafficking ring,
0: right? And it's—I I know they mention George Soros a lot, That yes. George Soros is the leader of this profile ring.
1: I mean, ring. yeah, it's always leftists who do it, right? It's always just Democrats. Yeah, speaking of and, which,
0: uh, ran, sorry to go on a tangent, but Rand Paul recently subpoenaed Antifa for their airplane— and bus ride tickets. Ah, uh, yes, the but organization. Now, if we're going to get a class action lawsuit on George Soros for funding Antifa, I just want to know where to submit my ten ninety nines to, because I have a handful of uh, invoices that have not been paid by George Soros for my work uh, with Antifa. Shit, you're getting paid for George Soros. I was supposed to, oh, shit, but I'm I didn't short even know like that. two thousand dollars. And now, since we do live in you know the twenty first century, everything's done through independent contractors. So, every single Antifa person is an independent contractor, in case you didn't know that. Yep. And I, I just want to know, like, Rand we're Paul... Working, I was just working for the exposure. I didn't even know you oh, could get paid oh, for Oh, yeah. It. Well, exposure is, you know, the exposure and clouts, you know, you got to work your way up from that. That's yeah. what's most important, is okay. the exposure and clout. All right. But, you know, I, I just want to know, Rand Paul, where do I send my 1099s to, and how do I get in on this class, class action lawsuit? Because I also want to subpoena... And sue Antifa for my unpaid wages. Yes, the organization of Antifa. Yes. So we are going to subpoena Antifa. Yes. And I'm going to get my money back from Antifa. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back onto Q. So yeah. So Q, child
1: sex trafficking ring, Satanist, yada, yada, yada. Right? Uh, And the idea is that President Donald Trump is fighting against this child trafficking, satanic sex ring, blah, 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 blah. Draining the swamp. Yes. And he is leaving secret messages in his Twitter posts and in his speeches to QAnon, letting us know what's going on, right? And of course, all of the QAnon predictions are like intentionally vague to the point where like anything could be true. Like Mm -hmm. if I just simply say that, he'll say things like Donald Trump will make a statement that busts open the gate on the child sex, trafficking ring or about or about Muslims whatever and then Trump will like in a week or so make a statement about Muslims or BLM now and or BLM yeah or whatever oh, uh, yeah and then he'll make a comment about the, BLM the, and then the Kyle was like a um, yeah the know, Kenosha smarter. shooter where they claim that like yes if you look at it uh, Saint Kyle was a priest or was a saint in like Kenoshi or whatever yeah we'll get to that and later that's yeah so that's basically this, what he does Um... So he's been running this thing for like what two three years now um, at this point.
0: Well, when did Q not even start? Jesus, like two three uh, years ago. Was that, well? It came from Gamergate. Yeah. And we don't oh, really we know, you that we, further back. Well, I mean, Q Eight uh, Chan really became a thing after Gamergate because Mister Hot Wheels, the uh, brittle bone guy, who everyone dubbed Hot Wheels on Four Chan and Eight Chan, or now they call Infinity Chan. Yep. Um, Everyone kind of migrated over to 8chan during Gamergate because every other website banned them because it was just a very misogynistic, violent, right wing uh, tirade against video game journalists and how Call of Duty had politics because not because they featured overt anti communist propaganda, but because they had women in the army. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I looked it up.
1: It came from October 2017.
0: October 2017. Okay. Yeah. So Gamergate was 2015? I think so. 2013? Yeah. yeah. What I so think... That's when 8chan HM became really big.
1: Yeah, that really is. That's when 4chan began purging people from yeah. polls and stuff like that. What I think interesting, though... When polls um, started getting This big. is a bit off topic again, but I think it's interesting to see how 4chan is always a reactionary sort of group right
0: well because it allows the reactionaries and the white supremacists to operate in the fringe yeah because it's an inherently violent and non uh, acceptable and non-conformist ideology yeah so but, they have to operate in the anonymous fringe but it's and interesting
1: la- to see how fortune in our youth like 2005 to 2012 ish or honestly 2015 was like this anarcho right left or not even let they weren't just, left just or right up, wing they're just just, anonymous the yeah, uh anonymous. occupy wall street yeah. kind
0: of really not occupy wall street but the auto- anonymous movement yeah. really kind of had its uh was its kernel in chan. Mm-hmm. and that's what that's what the scientologist yeah. movement started. they
1: weren't like a left or right wing group it really yeah. wasn't until I, donald I, I, trump we, that we became saw um, right wing
0: what was it uh remember zimmerman can't flim flam the zim zam yep Remember when that was the thing? As terrible as that was. That's actually what really radicalized me was uh, the killing of Trayvon Martin. Elsewhere. Yeah. The, the, that's when I was like, oh my God, like, every cop is a bastard. <laughs> every cop. E- even the cops who are actual Guy's not even a cop. Cops. I know, but every other cop. But then in 2013, when Christopher Dorner uh, went on his um, his crusade and died a mar- as a hero and a martyr for the cause, uh, it was, I'll watch the skies and I'll watch the ground. It was Slim Flan- And Dorner in the sky. So it was really just kind of a centrist, anarcho, anti-authority, on the fringe uh, ideology on 4chan. And because these right-wingers can operate on the fringe and anonymously, they can spread their ideas and their memes and kind of operate as like a virus. I mean, we know fascism as like a virus. It just spreads slowly and infects people exponentially. With this idea. Yeah, it's a, it's an exponential virus or a cancer. So this cancer can only operate where we can't cure the cancer. It's kind of a, a hidden thing. Yeah. And, but yeah. So anyway, going back, Jim
1: Watkins, I believe. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Jim Watkins, the owner of Eight Chan or an Eight Coon now, is believed to be the owner of QAnon, right? The originator because they traced his IP address back to the Philippines or sorry that and that in Thailand. Thailand.
0: Someone on a Twitter I think um was able to uh track I I think he hacked like the server or something or not mm. really hacked the server he just kind of um put like a domain request or something like that. Yeah. I'm not very good with IT, but he was able to track the host of A Chan and QAnon's blog and every single time A Chan moved from like Cloudflare to Amazon and yeah. AWS 8chan's blog also moved to the same exact server and the same exact IP address. Yep. Not only that,
1: the times when 8chan was being accessed by like administrators and stuff like that were also times that QAnon was being updated. Mhm. Right? QAnon would make a post, 8chan would be was being viewed through up uh, you know, work and stuff like that. Yeah. Which showed like a similar work schedule, right? Uh so anyway, they found him and Jim Watkins is exactly what you would think of somebody who owns eight coon to look like, right? So,
0: who is Jim Watkins?
1: He's this like American guy who lives in Thailand, you know, and or the like Philippines, right? Well, he moved to the Philippines and then to Thailand. Oh, he lives and in like basically like every single American I know who
0: has moved to Thailand is a creep well yeah you think of the people who move to Thailand it's those creepy old white dudes who are in it for like the, the sex cheap, tourism yeah sex tourism and the cheap boy pussy
1: yeah like that's and like he's a convicted pedophile as well he's mm-hmm. also like espoused talking about like legalizing pedophilia so as well. kind
0: of that's why A-chan's always just like an cat kind of there should be no legislation yeah. of, on the age of consent exactly but I know I read uh, the Wikipedia article and someone mentioned he was, like, the kingpin of hentai. Yeah. And apparently how he got started on the internet... He ran a Japanese hentai
1: site, yes, back in the 90s. Yeah, he started,
0: like, the first hentai site that was able to, like, bypass Japanese censorship laws. And his idea was, well, why would I look at hentai in Japan or that's hosted in Japan and all censored when I can look at my anime titties in America or have it hosted in America... And actually, see the titties behind the blur yeah. uh, screen or behind the, the pixelation. So he was kind of like the founder of modern hentai. Yes, and now he is the founder of the modern uh, pseudo fascist movement in
1: America. God damn it! We should have nuked Japan. It, again. It's
0: like a right, but it's interesting how um, the right wing and the white supremacy operated along the same avenues and tracks. As pedophiles and uh, hentai addicts, really because, tells you, degenerates. Yeah, degenerates. So all these degenerates, because you know, being uh, living in your mom's basement and playing video games for sixteen hours a day is on the fringe and that's socially unacceptable. The only place these people can really live to their uh, true potential or be accepted. An- be accepted be accepted is on the anonymous fringe. So we kind of see this coalescence of. Pedophilia, hentai, and white supremacy and eugenics—all op- like kind of coming to um, a crossroads. Yeah, yeah, a crossroads and converging. A chan.
1: Oh my god! I mean, that guy is just fucking gross. And he is like literally what you think a pedophile who moved to Thailand looks like. He's like a bald. He's like a fat, balding white guy with
0: giant sideburns, just- glasses. He doesn't look like he shaves or. Does any hired, hygiene? He owns like a, a pedophile
1: form. mustache. I mean, like this guy is
0: the um, Ed Gein glasses.
1: Yes, Ed Gein glasses. I mean, and, this guy is just fucking gross. And but I do think it's like the ultimate irony that of like the the talking point that we always talk about, where conservatives and you know capitalists in general mm-hmm. will always sort of they'll they will accuse you of the things that they are doing, right? And just like you know we always talk about you know conservatives accusing us of being authoritarian and blah 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 whatever, the person <laughs> that is claiming that there is a a satanic pedophile sex ring going on is himself a pedophile
0: and runs a satanic sex ring in a sense yeah throughout like the entire world yeah, throughout the entire world I <laughs> he, mean, he is like he owns the monopoly on child porn essentially essentially yes I mean, like god knows what this guy does i mean he is just a fucking creep Mm. and it's weird too how like they try and look for sorry all of these little signs in uh the world you know they're always out to validate their own existence Mm -hmm. and validate their own conspiracy theories yes
1: like last episode we talked about the uh the wardrobes and the dressers that had children's names or people's names on it and that was like did we yeah we talked about that and we we're like oh that must be actually it wasn't last episode it was like three episodes ago we talked about how that was yeah we're having anon trouble theory. uploading things so yeah
0: hopefully we'll get this up by uh thursday
1: hopefully soon but yeah that was the q anon theory that you know they're actually shipping children through these dressers yeah now,
0: now that that does make sense to an extent like everything operates on the fringe you know it could be plausible. Because how does Wayfair make money? Because I used to work at Wayfair, mm-hmm. uh, at their warehouse. Um, it's just a giant warehouse full of packages, just just a, larger than Amazon, just furniture for miles. Yeah. And half this furniture breaks as you pull it onto the forklift, Half and the other half breaks during shipment. And then they send it back, and then they give all the furniture to their employees for free, and they take free returns. So they don't package it right. They break all their furniture. they you really don't see anyone like buying a lot of stuff from uh, Amazon or from Wayfair. At least working at FedEx, like it was only a couple things like per truck. So it's not like they're like Amazon making like a billion dollars. So where's all this money coming from? Except for money laundering or selling children in cabinets.
1: Yes, I think the actual the the reality, which is re- the most boring and obvious option, is always probably real. It's probably because they make the dressers so cheap through you know slave yeah. labor essentially that it doesn't matter if half of them
0: break oh yeah exactly and, and then also like uh the, i think they're a public company but as long as they appear to be valuable it really doesn't matter how much product they sell because every single company in america is a financial company first Yep. and then their brand and their product is only there to sell their stocks yep essentially so, so it's just a money laundering scheme i think <laughs> Or a child sex ring that's selling kids in twenty thousand uh, dollar cabinets yes, because that's how I want
1: that's if you go on the website, there's only one Tiffany dresser in existence exactly. and if, if you order it bef- after someone else already puts the order well tough fucking titties like you can't get that shit. Mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense Tiffany's one It would be kind. way easier to just send that Tiffany to Little Boy Island
0: and fuck them there, where you can reuse them. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Or, I mean, just have the Mo- Milwaukee uh, Police Department uh, house the kids in a unmarked van and ship them around Milwaukee in town. Yeah, or just have, you know, black sites. Yeah, everyone forgot about the Milwaukee Police Department running that sex ring last month. That's weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, because there were so many stories about m- police just shooting people. I mean, it was like, Every day, yeah. every other day that, we were talking about this earlier, but every other day, someone gets shot by the police and it's like, Oh yeah. Do you remember this person? I'm like, uh, which one was it? Is it the one that was shot seven times in the back or is the one that was shot eight times
0: in the chest? Yeah. Right. Where it's like, Oh, uh, it's, you know, mid June and you know, uh, this one police department's running a child sex ring and it's like, Oh, well yeah, we expected that. You know, all the other shit they're doing, doing drive-bys on protesters, abducting them in black sites. You know. Mm-hmm. It's like mean, we kind of like went out into the, you know, everyone yeah. kind of forgot about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, the right-wing pro, the pro-Trump the rally that was held, uh, the drive-thrus where the, like, Proud Boys were just sitting on top of trucks shooting protesters with paintball guns.
0: Oh, that did happen. That was literally yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the police just watched it happen. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I mean, there have been so many videos now coming out where, like, right wingers will be beating up protesters with, like, batons or pepper spray or mm-hmm. guns, and the police just don't do anything. Yeah. But the moment that, like, a protester, like, breathes on a Proud Boy, it's like the police are like, Get out the Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Stop.
0: You've broken the law. Halt, criminal scum. Oh yeah, it's Stop. You
1: violated the law. Alright, with that, we're gonna go on a second break. We will talk about the QAnon uh what fuck was it was that um, you're saying?
0: No, we'll wrap up QAnon and then go on to um Inner Mongolia yeah, really, China. Uh yeah, then we'll save the real news for last. Just yes. to keep you guys waiting. We'd like to tease. Hmm,
1: Alright, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Just this massive fucking space here. but You're just still clocking on down the road, aren't you? Fucking move! 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 Stop! You violated the law. What? Why did you move? Then pay with your blood. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you on fucking camera, you horrible cunt. God, I've got you on fucking camera. Help! Help! I'm being attacked! I have not tried to run you over. You stop fucking in my car. Look what you've fucking done. I'm calling the police on you, you horrible cunt. Why? WON'T. YOU. DIE. You well, fucking what? You walk down here, I'm trying to get past, there's loads of space between there, you just fucking smut my car. I fuck mud crabs more fearsome than you. You fucking bitch. Move out the fucking- <laughs> You just assaulted me, you cunt. I'm <laughs> the
1: and we're back. Alright, let's wrap up this QAnon thing. Honestly, I'm fucking tired of talking about this guy. Like... So, QAnon... Yeah. Pedophile. Thailand uh runs eight kun slash eight chan slash two chan slash basically every single fucking one of those bizarre websites, right? Hentai. Hentai, yes. Can't forget about the hentai. The one good thing he's contributed to.
0: Yes. He he revolutionized hentai for yes, everyone. Like
1: thank is thanks to him that I have access to um uh fucking tentacle Porn fucks high school girl in all 100 orifices. Right? Why well, you think
0: well, why he made 8 chan? Is because uh, traditional porn websites are outdated and are no longer profitable because everyone just moved to Twitter and yeah. I guess Newgrounds. Yeah.
1: Is Newgrounds still <laughs> relevant? Like I haven't used Newgrounds since like 2012 with Madness Combat. I, 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 I
0: think so. only like the most obscure like animators use it still yeah everything's on twitter now twitter is like the new tumblr yeah basically um but yeah anyway I so- mean, nowhere else in the internet can you like actually call for like murdering specific people of like the american political system with no repercussions whatsoever it's amazing yeah it's crazy
1: right as long as you're a right winger then yeah tolerated
0: um
1: but yeah, yeah so enough <clears throat> about q the new big news right now is China. Once again, China, 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 ch- China, well, China, China, China. What about China? China, China. Uh, where to start? We've got Inner Mongolia, right? We've bad. got b- China bad. Uh, we've got Chinese carrier killer missiles. Bad. China bad. Uh, we've got China and Taiwan. China bad.
0: They they recently came out with an e plane that's exactly the same as our. Uh... So the Bulldog, I, I don't know, the carrier ewax plane. Yes. It's like a carbon copy. Yep. I was thinking of making a meme that was like, the American uh, naval admiral. you really just going to uh, carbon copy our planes and build your own navy that models ours? And then China's just like, yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, we've got China is now testing their own coronavirus vaccine. China bad. That's bad. Uh, and then we've got more Wager news! Yay! That's
0: good because it shows that China's bad.
1: China's bad. Yes, exactly. So what do, which one do you want to start with?
0: Oh, uh, well, first, let's talk about China and about China. Just China. China's bad. It's China. China. Like think about China, the the one and only monolithic entity known as China. And China. Just the China, is bad. China. Xi Jinping. Who is the China? The bad. China. The China is China. Xi Jinping. Who is the bad China? The bad China Xi, Ping China bad China. Yes.
1: China, China 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 Xi China, bad. bad China. The
0: people, Ping, wagers China. Chad, America China good bad. China. yes. Okay, so let's start off with uh, Inner Mongolia. All right. So uh, a report recently came out today from. Uh, confidential Mongolian or outer Mongolian news sources that inner Mongolia has raised the black phob, or tobe i 'm white so I could say that uh what is it called
1: the black toll yeah i'm not you know i'm only a quarter Mongolian, but i can't actually like speak it but you're way. from
0: inner Mongolia,
1: yeah, but that doesn't mean I can fucking speak it, but you're so- from Ireland, do you speak Irish? Jogi arla, <laughs> oh,
0: shut the fuck up, bitch. Uli <laughs> na All right, man. Whatever you okay, say, bro. But so you declared war on China. Yes. You China. are the Inner Mongolia. Yes. The entity known as Inner Mongolia has declared war on the entity known as China. Yes. The monolithic entity of China. Um, because you raised the black phobe. Yes. And so, that is only used in a time of war. Yeah.
1: So the actual video is just like um a bunch of Mongolians in like traditional outfits. And they're standing in front of what appears to be like a um, like
0: outside a whole hot, right?
1: Uh, yeah, basically, or like an hour or two out, and it just looks like a uh, a basically like a temple or like a shrine sort of area, like a you know in the plains. And they're raising a black flag and they're banging some drums, right? And, you know, of course, you know, Western Twitter is going crazy thinking that, like, that that means that people in Inner Mongolia are, like, declaring war on China, uh, which is just false. That's the equivalent of, like, watching a civil war reenactment and thinking that the South is rising again. (laughs) I mean, because, like, you know, there's... First of all, there's, like, no press, right? It's, like, filmed on a shitty camera uh which uh, another point i want to make i always love how people say that china has like some sort of great firewall that stops all information from getting out mm-hmm. except when it just gets leaked yeah and it's always like from a shitty phone it's never like a crisp video a crisp video crisp. Uh, a crisp video of like i, I mean something going on it's well, always well, like extremely blurry and like just enough that where you can be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, and then someone can
0: tell you what's going on. Well, speaking of um, the Great Firewall, I just downloaded Baidu to watch those great uh, Maoist dances. Yes. But um, can I upload to Baidu from, like, America? Yeah. Baidu I, I is a
1: public, open-source website that anyone can access. It's, the equip- it's their version of Google.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's the YouTube of Baidu, because it's like the video network. I, I don't understand these runes, but um i can upload to baidu right Mm -hmm. and i can also get any video that's on baidu yeah and weibo that's where everyone gets their chinese sources from so weibo what is the great firewall blocking so it blocks sites like facebook
1: twitter um you know u.s government websites i think
0: but what's stopping me from like downloading a vpn in china not much and then what's stopping me from just posting videos of screen captures of my Facebook account on Baidu from America? Nothing. And what's stopping them from posting videos from China on Baidu for Americans to look at?
1: Uh really it's just interest. Like most uh, Chinese people like the thing that it does is the same way that like we artificially limit Chinese sort of news media sources by having a monopoly over what we can, what Americans see mm-hmm. and just not showing like stuff like, you know, CCTV, not CCTV. Um, yeah. CCTV. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, we could look at TikTok, and we're just outright banning it. Yeah. Because and China
1: they, does that sort of artificially. They just do it in like a more overt manner where yeah. they basically just say like, all right, you just can't see Twitter. So they're doing exactly what we do. Yeah.
0: But also we look at, uh, well, I, I, I want to talk about CCT, uh, CCTN or CCTV, CCTV,
1: China yeah. something TV and
0: and I f- I follow them on Twitter and I you've also showed me a bunch of videos from them, but like America calls it state funded news and Chinese propaganda, but literally all of their content is either twelve uh, hour live streams of pandas, uh, pandas in the zoo and people taking care of playing with pandas, which is awesome. Yep, and they're so enthusiastic about it. They do like yeah. a whole like news report. Like it's a war zone about the pandas. My
1: favorite one about one of those is where they just have a woman and they just drop her off in the Beijing Zoo. And she's like, they're like, all right, you have a 45 minute segment. Just talk about pandas for 45 minutes. (laughs) And And you can see them like in the background. They're just like grabbing random workers and be like, all right, tell us about the pandas (laughs) now.
0: It's like, oh my God, everyone, look at these fucking pandas. Breaking news. We're at the Beijing Zoo looking at pandas. Yeah, it's great. And then the other thing, uh, on Twitter, literally every single post they have is just about cool bridges in China. Mm-hmm. Like they have this one bridge that goes over a canyon in like, uh, was it um Shangxi or something? Uh, one of the uh not western but like southern provinces. Yep. And it's like a wooden pillar bridge that goes over this river canyon, and then as you drive along it, it like. Pushes out all of these like magnificent waves across like the still water, mm-hmm. or they have like this cool video of like um, a tunnel bridge over like a like one of the highest tunnel bridges in the world, just going over this giant canyon with like villages below. Mm-hmm. They have that uh, horseshoe uh, glass thing that they have going over the uh, like well, I don't know one of the canyons that's of yeah. Beijing, but it's really cool because they're just like, wow, look at this cool bridge we built. Look
1: at these infrastructure that we're developing. Yeah,
0: now. N- n- like it's not even like. Like They could be like, wow, China has the best infrastructure. But they're just like, dude, look at this cool bridge. It's yeah. in China.
1: When's the last time America built a bridge? When was the last time we talked about bridges? Like <laughs> yeah, <were cool>. like,
0: <laughs> honestly, or trains. Yeah, God, I was, fucking love trains. They, had the f- they they built, like, a maglev system in like the 1990s. We're still trying to do that 30 years later. Yeah. NJ Transit will never build a maglev They'll system. They'll never build the North Brunswick Station. Yeah. And, funny enough, the entire... Project for high-speed rail in America, the uh, Northeast Corridor line, is leveraged on that one station, mm-hmm. and that they'll loop. They're building, and since uh, the county government um, couldn't disperse the funds uh, efficiently, and kind of like there was a lot of corruption, yeah. and they kind of dispersed the funds upwards into the county freeholders and the lawyers. Uh, they're no longer building the one loop, which would allow NJ Transit trains to run and bypass um, the Amtrak trains. So now the Amtrak trains are stuck behind all the NJ Transit trains because the NJ Transit trains have no infrastructure to bypass the high-speed rail corridor. So now the fledgling project for American High-Speed Rail, which has been in the works for 10 years, is just now gone because we just decided it was too expensive
1: yeah because we wasted all on lawyer fees yeah corruption
0: just trying to figure out okay how can we do this cheap well we ran out of money because we we spent too much money trying to figure out how to do it cheap
1: meanwhile in china if you take too long on those projects like Xi jinping will personally come and throw you in jail
0: (laughs) so yeah if you're a billionaire and you launder money from an infrastructure project Xi jinping will just literally come to your house and chop off your head yeah
1: personally (laughs) shoot you yeah and then he'll send, your, he'll send you to three generations of prison.
0: Yes. But when in America will report on it, Xi Jinping arrests billionaire. Is this a human rights violation? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah, so anyway, going back to China. Um, fuck. Which thing about China were we talking uh, about? The,
0: um, Inner Mongolia. And yeah. How they so, yeah, war. There was
1: basically like this reenactment of a flag raising to go to war. And the Western media is of course trying to spin it as though this means that Inner Mongolia is declaring independence. Of course, like to most people in the West, like they'll read that and be like, Oh yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. But what Balkanized they... China. Yeah, exactly. But what they don't realize is that Inner Mongolia borders Beijing. The biggest city in Inner Mongolia, which is Huohalt. Hohat that's where you're from right? that's where I'm from um, Hohat the capital of Inner Mongolia is a hundred miles away from Beijing roughly hmm. like, mm-hmm. that's a train ride or a day's drive
0: yeah it's, it's like going to DC from where we're at so well,
1: it's not that and, different
0: and to mention Maoism in general like wasn't Inner Mongolia like one of the most ardent uh, supporters like the province itself yeah of Mao
1: yeah exactly and you know to this day there is a very strong like mongolian communist pride in Hohhot uh to the point where uh the prime minister i guess the regional leader a uh, governor of Hohhot, is called the hulumbur hulumbir hmm. right which is mongolian for the red one hmm. which is you know and everywhere you go in mongolia Inner mongolia there is Mongolian script. It is mandated by the government that all like public signs and shop signs have to have Mongolian.
0: It's like Gaelic, kind yeah. of, in Ireland, which is exactly something that Western countries do. hmm You know? Um, but I'll get to a point I'm going to make later. But uh, And e- even looking at Whole Hot, you were showing me pictures of your grandma's old house. Yeah, And it was like a ramshackle, like, sandstone building. Yep. And then you showed me their new apartment, which was subsidized by the Chinese government. hmm And her old house bought two times the price as what the land value was. Yeah. And it was like a modern skyscraper and modern lofts that in Manhattan you would be paying $3,000 a month for. Just to live in, yeah.
1: And they just bought it, right? And the craziest thing, and, and, I, remember, I distinctly remember as a child living in Hulhat. That like the workers, uh, during the winter time, they would put literal styrofoam, like the kind that you think of like with coolers and stuff like those cheap coolers, right? They would put those like pl- like layers of styrofoam mm-hmm. on the walls, and then put concrete o- a thin layer of concrete over it to seal mm-hmm. it in, and they would use that as insulation because the buildings were just really like brick.
0: And I know 10 years ago, people still think this today, but like they were using like trash as like drywall. But then not
1: really trash anymore, no, they never really not anymore, that.
0: but I mean like twenty thirty years ago, that was definitely a thing, but then now, in the like, maybe back in the eighties, you showed me like thing. from the last time you visited your family and a whole lot to now, they built dozens and dozens of these massive apartment blocks, yeah, which are rows upon rows. at standard with American like high end lofts, yeah. Just for everyone. Mm-hmm. just And they're affordable by the working class. Yeah, in China. They
1: are affordable and they're sold at market price.
0: At mar- market price? Yeah, yeah. The
1: government mandated market price, right? Because the population is just booming. Yeah. I mean, and they just can't stop. Remember, them five fast years
0: enough. ago, everyone was talking about, oh, wow, look at all these ghost cities in China. They're building all this infrastructure for no one. And then now, 2020, all these apartment blocks are like filled with people. Yeah. And they have this infrastructure for people to move into. Mm hmm
1: and you actually interesting enough you see them follow this uh this soviet idea of Mm -hmm. how to design apartment blocks right Mm -hmm. which is where they design these apartments in squares and essentially it's a it's an open plaza it's a row. it's a square of apartment blocks yeah the inside is an empty square with filled with like parks and sort of public amenities right that you might use parking spaces parks etc and then the first floor of those buildings are usually shops. So schools, pharmacies, uh, convenience stores, et cetera, et cetera. And they're designed to well, be, uh, accessible to and everybody.
0: We used to, that's what NYCHA kind of built the, uh, New York city. Um, I, I guess you'd call them slums now cause NYCHA fell apart or, uh, was it the tenements in New York back in the sixties, they developed them where they would have the schools, the shops, And the playgrounds at the bottom of these apartment complexes and have the four apartment complexes on the rim of this park and this central community space and so we also developed our like public housing back when public housing was the thing and it wasn't privatized to section eight around kind of this like soviet model of a communal living space so it's the same thing western countries did in the past but now it's implemented by China in a very efficient manner,
1: yeah, it's actually really nice. um I remember like they had little like carts that they would drive old people around in, oh yeah, yeah, and it was just like these like it was a converted motorcycle, basically, and they would put like two wheels in the back, so it was a trike, mm-hmm. and they would just like puts old people around in It's really it was actually quite uh homely, I guess that's the best way to put it. But, yeah, I remember, like, you know, the the town that I lived in or grew up in went from, like, dirt roads and electricity and water that shut off at 10 p.m. to a modern city where nobody uses cash anymore because they've all converted to digital money. Mm -hmm. So Mm. it's pretty dope. Um, But, yeah, so that's Inner Mongolia finished. It's a fucking scam. That's all I'm going to basically, like... They are relying on the fact that you can't understand Chinese or have cultural understanding of China mm. to basically just lie to you.
0: Well, it's like um, this AP article I read about uh, about the Uyghurs and how they're f- apparently forcing like the Zhejiang or Xijiang authorities themselves. They don't say the central government. They say the Xijiang authorities, but they misconstrue it as the central authorities. <laughs> But they're making Uyghur prisoners and Han Chinese people in Xinjiang alike drink holistic homeopathic medicine to cure coronavirus. And they're also forcing Iranian people, apparently, to drink this homeopathic medicine uh, as, like, this belief that this barbaric medicine will cure COVID. This Western medicine is a lie. Chinese medicine is the best. And they're poisoning these Uyghur prisoners uh, with this homeopathic medicine. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Like the,
1: idea, I mean, they probably are just giving them like local medicine. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chinese medicine is like alive and well in China. Uh, they, I remember like even I, as a kid, like living in America, my, pa- I, if I got a cold, my fuck, my parents would like feed me this fucking disgusting drink that just looked like twigs. And I would drink it. And it tasted fucking awful. And right. it was fucking nasty.
0: I, I know like a cultural thing is like just tiger, tiger bomb for everything. Yeah. Just tiger bomb will cure. Cool. Tiger
1: bomb. Yeah. Tiger. You got a cold, tiger bomb. Sore muscles, tiger bomb. Broken limb, tiger bomb, right? But
0: it's like a cultural thing where just that that's just what Chinese people do. It's yeah. like that's what a th- that's the thing in China is just mm. to rely on homeopathic yeah. medicine.
1: It's the equivalent of like when, if you're sick, like... You know those old medic like old wives' tale about like honey in your tea and rubbing an onion on your sickness or, yeah, or like, soup or soup like a certain types of chickens noodles you're soup. Uh,
0: not balancing your humors. So, okay, so, that's a bit old. Th- that's like 200 years old, I you, guess.
1: No, that's like fucking 500 <laughs> years old.
0: Yes, you, we, we must conduct the bleeding with the leeches. Well, I mean, the food triangle is kind of the same thing as like balancing oh, your humor. Yeah, like you're not dry, eating enough carbs or it The or dry, sweets. wet, hot, and cold foods. Yes, but then then they changed it in like the 50s too. Your breads, your veggies, and your sweets. You're not getting enough sweets in your life you got to take a staycation <laughs> and eat some sweets and down your barbiturates to be a good housewife. You no. Know? Like I, I I mean in in America and Europe it's like your kids not doing good in school or you're slightly anxious and you're having problems at work. Xanax and Adderall. Yep. It's like every housewife will da- uh shove Adderall down their kids throat in America.
1: Yeah. Alcoholism and or as al- well.
0: yeah, alcoholism too. Mm-hmm.
1: Or but, you know Fucking! Where the government just literally gave them heroin? Oh like, yeah! Remember when that was? Remember when Ronald Reagan just gave crack and heroin to African American communities? Like yeah. that was a thing that we did. Like
0: the Western countries have homeopathic medicine, but mm-hmm. it's crack, Goop. cocaine, and Adderall,
1: or just or you know our. Homeopathic medicine is given by rich people to other rich In people. In the pharmaceutical
0: industry. Yeah. That's our homeopathic medicine. Yeah,
1: just shove a shove a jade gem or shove a jade marble up your vagina. Uh, <laughs> yes. That will cure your uh your anti virginity. You will restore your virginity if you do that. Yes.
0: It's like you have pains for your childbearing. Uh take this medicine that actually gives your child birth defects. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah so de- uh, chase I mean, the ddt
0: truck and uh breathe in that ant- uh that uh pesticide <laughs> <laughs> all right i don't know man i'm fucking tired of talking about wagers like
1: it's i mean how many times do i have to like like it's exhausting having to constantly explain it and be like no this is fake and here's why like Mm-hmm. It's ex- absolutely exhausting having to do that,
0: and, and people like be like, "Oh, you're denying the Wager genocide." It's like that. It's it's not a genocide. I mean, like, even if you look at it the way Western media frames it, it's not a genocide. Yeah,
1: like it's just like it's just so tiring. Like
0: the the same. Like I was reading the AP article and I like fact checked it. Like, oh well, they're giving these uh, Wager prisoners. Uh, these homeopathic medicines and washing them down with hoses and not letting them leave their apartments and monitoring them like they're a police state. But then they're doing the exact same things to Han Chinese businessmen that are like in Zhejiang for like business or just to uh, live there because their parents live there. Yeah. So what it really is, I I mean, yeah, it's fucked up how they're just um, arresting like just wagers just, in general, just Muslims, being like, oh, well, you have to go to re-education camp. Yeah. Like, I I mean, in a perfect society, that wouldn't happen. And it's not happening to the extent American media plays it. But we look at Zijang, and what it really is, is just a police state. And that's not across all of China, because it's an autonomous prefecture. It has, it's like... It has
1: its own separate governments. Yeah, and own separate laws and practices.
0: So it's not China doing it, it's... The government of the province. Yeah, but even if we take everything that they're doing in uh, Zhejiang, and compare it, and say we take any article about Zhejiang and put in like Arizona or New York City, right? Uh, What's the city in Zhejiang that um uh, that the Wagers are? I think it is Zhejiang. Okay, but we we put like New York or Arizona there, right? And we cross that. With what New York City and Arizona actually do. Xiajiang looks like a fucking paradise compared to what we o- face Oom-chi. in America. Wumchi. But yeah, like we look at Arizona, we look at what um, Mayor Arpario does, or we look at New York City where they literally feed prisoners rat poison and they just arbitrarily arrest random people, or in, New yeah. York, in LA where the police just pull drive-bys on people, like bystanders. And not to mention the fact that you have the executioners and the L.A. County Sheriff who actually hunt people for sport and try and rack up as many kills as they can to join this gang and the mm-hmm. L.A. County Sheriff. And they just arbitrarily murder random people. They're just a death squad running around L.A. Ji is a fucking, like, I would rather live there than live anywhere in America. Just yeah. because the standards of living and the, the uh, standards of, like, government are just that much higher. Regardless of what they do, what they do is fucked up. But we always got to look at it like, what are your current conditions now? What are your fellow countrymen facing? It's worlds worse than what they're facing in China. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Michael Parenti made a really great speech about this, right? Mm-hmm. Which is saying that, like, essentially, socialist nations are forced to have these authoritarian systems and the police state and the you know the KGB equivalents, right? Because they are under constant attack by Western nations and capitalist nations, mm-hmm. right? The, let's be honest here. The main reason that we are so hyper-focused on Uyghurs is because that area of China runs is critical to the Belt and Road Initiative. exactly, Which connects China which, to the Middle East, to Africa. Right? And which, Europe. And Europe. So, uh, Michael Parenti made a really great speech where basically he said... That these, the socialists, very soon after they took over, found that they had to have a secret police, a KGB, Mm -hmm. an authoritarian system, right? Because otherwise they were not going to survive. And these systems, even with the best of intentions, will make mistakes. Sometimes they may make even grave mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. They may, you know, but the alternative is that they don't do this and their system collapses.
0: And... The barbarism that we consider them uh, implementing on their people will be usurped by barbarism worlds more uh, atrocious than what they're currently implementing on their own people. Exactly.
1: I mean, if you want to look at it, look at what happened to the Soviet Union before and after their fall, right? Mm. The Soviet Union pre-fall, like, yeah, they had the KGB. They had their secret police, right? But their people were generally... No one was starving to death. No one was dying of diseases, right? And then right after the fall of the Soviet Union... There was no homelessness. Yeah, there was no homelessness in the Soviet Union. Right after the fall of the Soviet Union in Russia, the death rates for males and females, and elderly especially, skyrocketed. It was so bad. Another
0: great example is Yugoslavia, Mm -hmm. where as soon as the tethers that bound the country together fell... All hell broke loose. All hell still breaks loose today. Yeah,
1: I mean to this day that city, that area of the world has been yeah. balkanized to the point where, you know, that's the phrase for this episode, balkanization. But anyway, <laughs> that area has been, you know, subdivided and divided amongst ethnic groups to the point where it's like they're never going to have peace. No, you know, it's they're still fighting to this day. I mean, it's
0: insane. I mean, we look at Ukraine and Belarus. I mean, in Belarus now, in Minsk, what like I I feel like most people don't notice it because what repression they're facing is infinitely times more palpable than what we're facing now in our own cities, mm-hmm. and especially in China now. China still, it's not like a goal to reach. Like we're not saying, yeah, oh well, what Xi Jinping's doing, what Xi Jinping's doing is something that is the end goal of the progressive movement in general it's that all of the conditions that Chinese people face and all of the things the Chinese government does is exactly the same and under the same exact conditions that the American government does Hmm. but the American government does it in such a more wholly violent and despicable way and the American government
1: does it in order to maintain capitalism Mm -hmm. right the Chinese government does it because they are under constant threat from capitalism, I mean
0: I like to think of it like this. China has like very similar material conditions to America, very similar class structure you know it's basically America, except instead of uh deifying capitalists and war criminals, they deify Mao and Marx, and instead of doing instead of having Amazon or uh having this kind of culture that. Kind of deifies capitalism. They just have a culture that is very overtly for militant and militantly socialist. Yeah. And that's an ideological I mean, even, thing. Like the ideological that apparatus. That's the
1: thing. I mean, the I mean, simple design of theirs is that when they design their infrastructure, when they design their economies, their education system, all aspects of government, right, they design it for the lowest common denominator the people. Right, mm-hmm. Which is why they have massive six-lane highways running through cities.
0: Well, highways are bad. Well,
1: no, I'm not talking about roads. Well, they have trains, Yeah, they have, yeah, trains. They have tra- trains. But, like, I mean, cities like Hulha, we don't Hul- have a subway yet. I and mean, we're building it. They're building it. But they don't have a subway yet. So how do you deal with that infrastructure? You design cities for people, right? Mm-hmm. F- not in the interest of businesses, but in the interest of people. And that's the main thing that separates China and America, which is where the average American politician doesn't give a fuck about the average person. They don't design cities. Well, the, the, the idea
0: government. in America is how do we design a city so we can get enough money from BlackRock to build it? Yeah, exactly. Because we look at every single project, every single public-private project in America, like the Hyperloop or any any single public infrastructure project, it's all leveraged on tax rates and how you can uh, influence people to move or human capital to coalesce around your public infrastructure project in order to fund it. So it's always this profit motive over the people motive. And that's the difference between America and China. Now, China does make mistakes. They're still a capitalist economy. But they Uh, still... They're not... Distinction,
1: they're not a capitalist economy. They're a socialist Mm. economy with a capitalist element to build that sort of infrastructure. Let's
0: say so they have kind of a socialist
1: ideology over yeah. capitalist. Right? Well, I mean that that is socialist. Well, I mean they They're have problems with that. I I don't see Because you Chinese. can't move from feudalism to cap to to socialism. You have to move through that transitionary well, stage
0: in the capitalist step of the process.
1: Yeah. But that even that stage of capitalism is not the same as America's capitalism because their capitalism is heavily regulated and managed By the socialist government, knowing with full well with the intention to remove that capitalist element.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at culture too. Like all these cultural themes and Mm theses. China has five thousand years of culture. America was born, bred, and developed, predicated on capitalism. So the only thing we know, the only thing our structure is built on, is preserving and expanding capitalism. Mm -hmm. So America is. And was developed and created as the capitalist core. And that's that's uh, the biggest difference, I feel like, between China and America, where America is a derivative of capitalism, while capitalism is imposed on China. Yes, exactly.
1: So to say that China is a capitalist nation is not a fair statement. Right? Mm. They have capitalists, but they are a socialist government. On the road to developing towards full automatic luxury communism mm. whenever after in sometime in the future,
0: you know uh and i mean pe- I think a lot of people misconstrue like favoring China or looking in china in good light as saying this is what socialism is, but china it's chinese socialism yes, it's socialism. Uh, modified by China, which- I, I guess with Chinese Ping, characteristics. Yeah, calls it uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics. Now I don't know how far that goes into developing socialism because I haven't read this book because it's like three volumes long. It's like three thousand pages. Which one? Xi uh, Ping thought. Just uh, his his entire like manifesto. Oh, I
1: haven't read that yet because honestly, like that's fucking exhausting to read. Yeah,
0: that, that's heady because he, but I, I I honestly don't know if his vision of china in the future is the actual socialist path or not but we'll, we'll just have to see yeah what. it's i mean the thing with leftism is that
1: you know compared to conservatism is that conservatism is easy because there is only one past that we have all collectively experienced right in america at least. in america no i mean well, around then, the world like yeah. it's easy to be a conservative because all you have to do is say oh we just go back to that that time in an arbitrary number of years back, right? Whereas with leftism, it's talking about what you want the future to be like. And you ask a thousand different people what they want the future to be like, and they will tell a thousand and one different ideas of what they imagine the future to be like. Yeah. So, uh, right? yeah, I, I feel you. And every country, every group of people, every area of the world will have their own idea of what socialism will be like.
0: And yeah. so, every country and every uh, group... We could, we could talk on this for hours, honestly. Oh my god, we could. But, but yeah,
1: so to summarize that, every group has to find their
0: own yeah. version of Marxism. And and to, to be honest, like we don't have to model American socialism after Chinese socialism. Honestly, I don't but, think it would work. No, not at all. But I, I mean, in no way is whatever China is doing, even if it's wrong, going to fail... Because eventually, probably very soon, America and the core of capitalism is going to collapse. And I don't think China has that culture or that cultural apparatus to fall back on and implement full capitalism in China. I feel like once the core of the capitalist hegemon, it will collapse. China will uh, fully pivot, I think, to like a more, more socialist path.
1: Or they'll fill in the power vacuum. Or less of
0: a market economy, you yeah. know.
1: I mean, the American empire is predicated on the fact that we need to contain threats to our power. Yeah. Well, I mean, you
0: really think how is our society reified? It's well, it just our entire society is built on capitalism. Yeah. That's that. That's the core thesis of our society is capitalism. The core thesis of Chinese society is socialist. It's Maoist. That that's. Uh, that, that's just what it is, and I don't. I don't think there's any kind of theme in Chinese consciousness that'll bring it back to the days of Kuo, uh, Kuo Kuomintang uh Yeah. What? What? Ku it, Westernized. It's Kuomintang Uh. Yes. Taiwan will never take over China. I'll yes. put it as that. So that that that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Like Taiwan is a fucking piddly island the size of New Jersey. Yeah. No. Well oh, actually no. I'm sorry. That, well they're that's the actual capitalist they're, China. are they're, they're a tiny island the size of like mm, what's a good like Connecticut? No, Connecticut's smaller than New Jersey. Like they're what's big
0: a... they're big Hong Kong.
1: Yeah. Like they're not that big. Then the idea that somehow Taiwan would ever defeat China is a ridiculous notion. Yeah.
0: I mean if we can like concretify it. Like China's socialist. Taiwan's a capitalist China. Taiwan will never de- Even Taiwan thought will never take over Chinese thought. Yeah, exactly. America is going the way of the, you know, let's look at what's going on now. That'll be the next segment.
1: I mean, if you want, like, the biggest idea of which society is more free, China allows capitalists to exist with restrictions and limitations. Taiwan has overtly banned the Communist Party.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, which country executes billionaires? China. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And which country doesn't? And which country has a uh, fascist rolling in on cities on the reg yeah. in the past few weeks? Uh,
1: which which society? Which country is just a puppet of the U.S. government? Taiwan. Oh well, and the U.S.
0: But yeah, well, um, take a quick break right now and bring us to the local news. Okay. And the fascist push, or the Port- Trump's Portland push.
1: And we're back. Alright. I think that is enough about China. Um to be honest, like I fucking I'm fucking tired of talking about that shit. Like really? that's exhausting. I just go over the same things every week. Let's have a China two week moratorium.
0: Okay, China two week moratorium. We'll All leave right. China the China alone. The one and only bit. China. But I it's interesting, like like with that Michael Parenti video that uh, we just played it's this whole idea that how dare you commit yourself to self-preservation only we have the monopoly on violence how dare you engage in the same terror and the same practices that we mm-hmm. engage in because we are the ones who have the control how you are th- the ones who created terror and yeah, how on dare our you see pa- how dare you see the power from us mm-hmm. we have the monopoly on violence we have the monopoly on the economy. We have the monopoly and power and ideology. How yeah. dare you see that from us? And, and they f- will use every excuse in the book to repress anything that is subversive and dissenting to the status quo. Mm-hmm. We're talking about America, by the way. Yeah. And, and uh, in relation, they do
1: that to China. Yeah. Speaking of state-sponsored violence, though, let's talk about the Kenosha shooting mm-hmm. that just happened, right? Oh, yeah. Um, last episode, we talked about this idea of the U.S. government sort of having these right-wing cranks on mm-hmm. their side where they're too radical to be, you know, within the actual structure of the U.S. government and running the show, but they are radical enough where they can be implemented and used and targeted against leftists, mm-hmm. Right. And this this Kenosha shooter, I'm not going to say that his actual name or you know, their actual name, because I don't want to give them any more fame. But the Kenosha shooter who shot three people, right? Uh is a perfect example of this, right? Because we see the government tacitly endorsing right wing killers with uh the fact that one, the the police didn't <clears throat> even intervene. While the shooting was going on, they didn't, you know, brutally arrest them with beatings, right? Which is what they do with leftists. And our dear President Donald Trump himself uh, tacitly, uh, at, you know, <laughs> advocated for the violence by saying that, oh, you know, the Kenosha shooter is completely
0: innocent because they were just defending. Well, at press time now, he's in Kenosha as we're speaking.
1: Yeah. Right, so why, don't, I mean, why but, uh, don't you give us a little bit more
0: details about the Kenosha well, shooting um, well first we talk about how uh, the police operate alongside the militias and they give tacit approval and material assistance to these militias and so what we have to really look at the militias as is not a singular entity but as an auxiliary force to the police like the brown shirts yeah exactly the brown shirts but um. See, with the brown shirts, it was a little bit different in World War II, where you had twenty, like twenty thousand people uh, in Hitler's party and all of these other Free Corps. Mm. But you had kind of a uh, this cultural structure around this mil- these militant um independent bodies, so these Free Corps, and so a lot of like even the left had Free Corps, Free Corps then. And even the Social Democrats uh use the free corps to uh kill like Rosa Luxembourg. But in America, uh it's more on ideological and class divides. So we see the oath keepers uh drawing from the military and police class and the political class using their uh class privilege or their economic standing to repress uh the working class essentially. But uh let less heady than that. Um, when, when we look at Kenosha specifically, we see the militias acting as the right column uh, to the police, where the police protect the weakest flank and protect the courthouse and protect the objectives that they're, uh, I, I guess, the enemy forces or the enemy um, uh, cauldron is attempting to attack. And we see the uh, right flank attacking the enemy. Which is the militias. And the militias act as an auxiliary column to the police. And so, by giving tacit approval to these militias, by not necessarily allowing them to be deputized by the sheriff, and not necessarily giving them a liaison and letting them operate on their own, they're effectively giving them a de facto deputization yeah. and allowing the auxiliaries to attack where the police would not necessarily would be able to attack, which is overt, violence. militant, deadly violence.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because the, that's how they use those people, right? Mm-hmm. In situations where the police cannot be overtly violent, they simply send in these right-wing groups of people to attack and oppress and terrorize protesters with and because the police are the instrument of enforcing law they can be selective about what laws they enforce and when they enforce those laws. And who can implement
0: this unabated terror. Exactly. what other other person. And the best example I like to give is the Patriot Prayer in Portland in 2018. And I I talk about this all the time, where the police had a direct liaison with, uh, what's his name? Um... The, the leader of the Patriot Prayer. Okay. I'm not going to say his name. Everyone, You could just Google it. Um, but the Patriot Prayer and Proud Boys, the di- police had a direct uh, communication with them. And the Patriot Prayer members were giving the police intel on Antifa movements and letting the police know when Antifa was going to attack and where they were going to attack. And the police acted as bodyguards for the Patriot Prayer to come in and essentially uh, attacked the city, at least ideologically and culturally. And we think about military fronts. We think about military as a five-domain battle between air, land, and sea, but also human and ideological and information. So they were able to attack on the ideological and information space while the police operated along the militant physical spaces. And the police uh, attacked... The peaceful protesters or the antifa members and shot them with rubber bullets and shot them with non-lethal munitions uh in order for the patriot prayer to operate on the right flank of the state and attack portland on the ideological and information fronts so we look at it like this tactical environment the police violently repressed and acted as the vanguard to the formation and the Patriot Prayer were able to act as kind of like the outskirt calvary and flank on these different domains. And, and perform that, on these actions that the police normally cannot do. Exactly. So the police cannot overtly repress political action like they do now but during Patriot Prayer two years ago totally different world the police were not able to act like this and do and hold like political prisoners or disseminate propaganda or hold rallies but they acted on the physical domain while the Patriot Prayer acted on the ideological domain and the police used them or and the chief of police used uh, the Patriot Prayer as an auxiliary force to attack Antifa and the leftists in Portland on the information and ideological domain and now we're seeing this grey zone warfare in Portland shift to a now Black warfare, or no, a white uh, war zone, where it's overt and open violence and total warfare between two different sides. So we're seeing the shift in tactics and strategy from the covert and ideological to the overt and militant violent, militantly violent. That's what I think is what's is most important about uh, the events in Portland uh, the, this past week is that mm-hmm. we're seeing the shift to overt violence.
1: In terms of the protesters using self-defense me- methods. Well, it's n-
0: or even the caravan.
1: Because, ah, yes. Yeah, you look at it and... I mean, the, car- the that video of the caravan people just shooting protesters with paintball guns? Yeah, that was insane. I mean, at what point will if, you know... Because, like we said earlier, the state is trying to figure out what level of violence can we go to before we can crush the protests? So if they've already moved to caravans of people with paintball guns... On guns, uh, on sorry, on trucks shooting protesters. At what point will they move to actual weapons? Um,
0: Two days before. When will they get
1: to you know police on van on vehicles just shooting doing drive by shootings with rubber bullets, and then when will they just move to just outright guns?
0: Um, I feel like that's the next uh, stage in the process of warfare, because we see them tacitly approving over violence using actual weapons and approval for an essential push against, uh, the uh, mayor of Portland by sending in a thousand Trump supporters with paintball guns and trucks to physically crush Antifa on that night. And, we, uh, the police gave them absolute approval to this and actually protected them going into the city and literally utilized them as an auxiliary or, uh, flanking column to attack Antifa on a front where the police were not normally able to attack. So we see like if you think of, like World War I tactics, right? You have the vanguard and or the frontline troops and the frontline troops hold the line, but you use the shock troops and the first instances of special forces and non-regular troops or irregulars to attack weaknesses in the front line. And in World War I, it was a singular or dual domain war. Where you had the army and the navy. And in the physical, or you really just had a physical domain of the war. And that's how people conceptualize war in World War I. So in this one singular physical domain, the... Uh, irregular troops were able to exploit weaknesses in the defenses of the enemy and make breakthroughs. But now war is conceived as something more insidious as just uh, lines of troops shooting at each other. It's about ideas, and it's about information, and it's about the human mind as well. And it's also about uh, the ability to influence humans and the human mind. And so, by using the the Trump supporters in the Trump caravan, the Portland police were u- literally using and utilizing the caravan as an irregular force to attack and exploit a weakness in Antifa's line of defense, which was just mass action. So, by using this mass a- mass action with overt violence, they were able to exploit. And gain ground in this multi-domain warfare. So I, I think that's what's most important that people have to consider. Is that we're shifting tactics to a more overtly violent uh, war. Like um, I, I guess the days or the years of lead in Italy. Or uh, and I, I guess Spain in the 1930s. But I think this is going to be totally different than anything we've ever conceived before. Or any kind of fascist movement. Because now... The lines are different than just being uh, just physical infrastructure. It's now yeah. ideological too. Yeah, and uh, problem is, I'm just worried about,
1: you know, the current protests going on. They're not. There's no singular political group that's leading any of these protests, right? It's mostly just anger and frustration
0: against the system. But that's most interesting about uh our current condition in America right now is that there's no political infrastructure. There's no infrastructure around like social capital because we don't have political parties in America. We only yeah. have this state hegemony. This two state two party one system. Exactly. yeah. So we have no political power outside of the state. So there's no actual movements that can coalesce into like actually holding power mm-hmm. and holding these, or usurping and stealing these state apparatuses, but that that also goes for their side too. It's really the state and the state's ideolo- ideology versus everyone else. It's us versus them, which I I feel like is totally separate than any other kind of fascist wave in history, because we like like the state can repress ideology, but not violently. Uh, they, like, we, there's no way to repress the media because now media has shifted into this, like, ephemeral form. There's, like, with the internet, there's, like, dissemination of propaganda across every single line of, like, uh, community. Yeah. So it's impossible for them to actually change people's consciousness. But
1: I'm at the same time... Like they might not be able to change our consciousness, but they can certainly crush our spirit to fight. I mean, like, you know, if you're an angry you know protester after a couple how many times can you get cracked in the skull before you get you know disillusioned
0: um we know it's at least 95 days at least 95 days yeah going strong yeah i mean i, I mean, just it, wonder like two- how are we going to build this into a nationwide movement i mean yeah is there a way because there's no way to actually right like steal power from the state but uh how are we going to pull a Black Panther? Yeah. Rest in peace. But Rest in power. Um, rest in power. But uh, I feel like we can build ideological power. Uh, we can build economic power. But there's no way we can at least diminish the monopoly and violence the state has. Because there's absolutely no way for us to build a militant front. Yeah. We were talking about this before. Uh, the state literally has a monopoly on violence through all of their different uh forces and units uh you know, the federal state local police and yeah. the irregulars through the proud boys and the patriot prayer and the QAnon right. people and the militias yeah and all so they the can operate... leftist protesters are individuals really essentially i
1: mean antifa there is no organization to antifa
0: if you think about it it's just an idea like i said before antifa is more grilling rather than chilling
1: yeah they are grillers, grillers well they're not full grillers they are grillers who will grill in close proximity to like, each so other like so
0: we have the Over, o- uh, Overton Square but now we have the Morrowind Sphere the Morrowind yes sphere. I said that in an episode a while ago but the Morrowind Sphere implements the grilling and chilling but le- le- less metaphysical than that but or meme physical <laughs> uh it it is just an atomized movement, and that's where this movement's really gaining the most ground through is these kind of post political or anti political people, who just believe that the way to the way forward is just a mass insurrection. I mean, and that's that, just what Trotsky believes, and we all know what happened. Well, to him. That, did Trotsky believe that it was just a mass insurrection where he, everyone I mean, would just he rise basically up? Basically,
1: believe that like if everybody just believes in what I say, what will become a socialist. Country. Not not. Well, Constant I mean, if we,
0: I know like you've read a little bit of Gramsci, right? Yes. And so the shift from common sense to good sense, we we see like more people gaining that good sense that violence against the, viol- the violent people, I'm going to say, <laughs> um, is good. That That's good sense. Co- uh, the common sense is that you just got to vote uh, to stop the violence. But the good sense is that you got to be violence beats violence. Yeah. You know? The only guy that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. You know? The common sense would say that... Classic uh, NRA strategy. Yeah. (laughs) but The the, the common sense would say, no, uh, only the good guys have guns. Bad guys don't have guns. (laughs) But, um, so maybe, like, maybe there's a shift into good sense throughout the entire working class or the entire, just, the the entire everyone. I don't see that. It's like... The best
1: analogy to like debunk that is imagine your workplace at you know your, you know, a US UPS slash FedEx slash Amazon right. Most of the workers there are pretty fucking unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. But yet somehow the boss keeps fucking all of you over. Why? Yeah. Because there is no union. But there is no union because even though you're all miserable,
0: you have no organization. To rise up against your boss. Well, the, even if you had organization, there's a, there's literally no legal means to have a union. Where the union will just the only actual way to have militant working class power is through wildcat strikes.
1: Yeah, even but then, then that that right? involves that a whi- union provide. You are much more likely to succeed with a wildcat strike if you have a union. First of all, a wildcat strike is by definition one that goes against the union.
0: Which makes the assumption that there will be a union in the first place. But now, right? if, if, what, if, let, let's think why don't we have unions? Like, we talked about this in our first episode. I mean, it's, it's that the state violently repressed and abolished unions. Yes. So, so the, the solution
1: to that isn't just to have individuals who are angry at I feel like that's a reactionary
0: system. kind of uh, more conservative uh, talk because we're just looking back on. Well, now, what if we just make unions? Now, we tried that, though. I mean, we've declined to a point where we can't even talk about what to do after unions because we don't have unions in the first place. Yeah, but now I don't know if that's... I mean, maybe, if, maybe there is credence in that thought that it will be just a massive working class insurrection. Because the insurrectionary movement is the only movement that's... Well, I'm not going to say the only movement, but it is right now the most efficient means in these uh, I, I don't know what are we going to call this epoch in American history not the George Floyd protests. I mean I we could call it the we're year of way after the that. year of anger yeah the year of the year it's of the fire. hot
1: summer just like in 1967 but I, this is where there are global protests
0: yeah there were global protests but this is like these protests in Europe at least have been going on for five years now like the yellow vests were on the, like the 24th month yeah uh, Europe has been in flames the past three. Well, oh, they're always protesting
1: in Europe because they have organization. They have groups of people that can organize well, yeah. these protests. That's a,
0: that's more of a cultural thing,
1: though. I mean, it's a cultural thing because they have stronger unions. They have not. I'm going to say they have, and or, it's a union leftist leftist thing because they have
0: strong cultural balance
1: mm, I mean, it's like it's like the chicken and egg argument. Like, it, do they have strong cultural bonds because they have unions? Or do they have those unions because they have a strong cultural bond? I think it's more likely it's that the union has the ability to influence cultural ideas, right? Once you get a union established,
0: it's much harder to disband well, to stop it from forming like you have in the first place. You have to have cultural place. means to make a union, but you'll also have to have the organizational means to influence the culture of the workplace, you know? But really what it comes down to is unions are illegal in America, and there's nothing we could do to change that. Other than voting. But voting doesn't work. So what do we do then? I
1: mean, the obvious solution is...
0: Dissents... I mean, unions aren't overtly banned. There's no legal ban. No, they, ban. they are. It's with the, with the only... National Railroad and Labor Act, you cannot unionize legally if you are considered an interstate uh, commercial entity that is essential to running the economy. So that's why FedEx classifies their non-contracted or all of their actual drivers that are hired by the company are non contracted as airline pilots because it's illegal for the drivers to unionize if they're classified under the airline pilot law. So, and FedEx also writes the union laws too because the moment Congress was trying to abolish the National Railroad and Labor Act in 2009, FedEx boycotted Boeing and told all the congressmen who uh, are influenced by and lobbied by Boeing that they will not buy the next round of Boeing planes and they'll buy them from Airbus. And Congress said, okay, well, we have to preserve Boeing, so FedEx, we will change the labor laws for you. So we, it is an overt banning or abolishment of unions in America. Think- and We even saw that in the uh, 1940s. You talked about That in uh, episode one, when uh, the American government literally abolished the Communist Party from being involved in unions. And that's still a law today. Yeah. You're a part of the... Although I don't
1: know if it's still enforced. It's not
0: enforced because there is no Communist Party. Yeah. Just like there's there's no Antifa. They abolished the Communist Party in America. So it became atomized. So we see in the Imperial Corps, the... The powers that be have such a monopoly on violence that there is no other way to organize other than through an atomized force. So, if all of the working class is atomized, maybe it will just be like a just a massive wave of insurrection.
1: I I don't think that's the problem is an atomized individual group of people, groups of people, will never succeed against an organized infrastructure such as the u.s government
0: yeah so i think that's what we really have to answer in the next few months i mean like a mob
1: will never be able to defeat the government it takes organization it takes years of planning it takes leadership to be able to defeat a an existing government structure because otherwise like if that were the case You know, the majority of, you know, during the American Revolution, we should just
0: easily beaten the British. Or let's look at the years of lead. The only reason why Italy was not a communist state or did not align itself with the Soviet Union was because of the Gladio program. You know, it was because of America. Yeah, we were just pumping money into fascistic
1: organizations. Mm -hmm. Right? We weren't just giving money to fascist people. Like, here, like, oh, you identify as a fascist? Here's $10,000. No. We were giving it to groups and, and organizations. And we created the organizations. Yeah, and if we... And we yeah, exactly that. You know, and I still believe that the reason that we couldn't... The Soviet Union didn't win is because, you know, they were trying to recover from World War II, and Italy is way closer to, you know, Western Europeans than it is to
0: Russia. And America had the economic standing, because yeah. we got bombed once, twice, if you consider Japan, like... Tossing a Molotov at Portland.
1: Tossing a Molotov uh invading like one of the Alaskan islands and That no, wasn't America at the time though. Alaska was an American state. Was it? Yeah. It was not a state. I think like, they invaded. A, uh, they,
0: they invaded, but they left because they realized there was nothing on in Alaska. We had and to then America crashed like six boats into each other and <laughs> accidentally bombed their own troops and killed like a thousand people.
1: Not a thousand. But I mean, there there were Japanese people in America, but it was like the Alaskan islands in the Pacific. Yeah, but that which was is it. Closer to Russia than yeah. to the America. And they the Japanese had like these hot air balloons that they would uh, with bombs attached yeah. to them, and we still haven't found like two or three of them. Really? Yeah. So they're just unexploded ordnance in like the ala in like the northeast northwestern uh, woodlands.
0: That's pretty cool. I think that that'll be a fun road trip to go find the jap lost Japanese bombs. <laughs>
1: But yeah, anyway, uh, I mean, we're seeing how in Italy, right, like they or, they didn't – we always fund organizations or because organizations can mobilize way more people and it's way more efficiently organized than simply trying to motivate a thousand people. Is the same reason why the military isn't like how it's depicted in the movies where it's just like random soldiers just go do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. It's structured. It's yeah. organized. It has leadership roles. It has authority over itself, and because it has, it's established itself as an organization. It has a sense of authority over other people. people. Like I,
0: I feel like what this insurrectionary movement assumes is that if you just attack on the periphery of the state and the military, like if you just like abduct like a drone operator's family, the government will just cede power. Yeah, and you you don't need any organizational power. You just need to mobilize a right. couple tens of millions of people. But they they don't assume that like the government will just hire a new drone operator and just blow you up. Yeah, like, exactly. They will literally drone strike or like, you at your if home. If you
1: start a commune, right? I'm just gonna start a commune. The communes still pay taxes. Yeah. Like, at what point will you get? At what point will you get powerful enough where you can simply say, "I'm not fucking paying taxes." Come, if you want those taxes
0: come and fucking take them and we saw let's a very good example of that is the Waco uh, massacre or Waco where I I mean they had power they had guns they had 70 people they had a good commune going and the government mobilized like 3,000 ATF and FBI members to just violently repress that yeah and we see now there's like 40,000 people arrested Uh, people have been black sites um, I, I mean, there's the executioners in L.A., and there's 200, only 200 people going out to fight this violent fascistic organization that's just a death squad in L.A. So how are we going to mobilize more than 200 people to fight this, uh, what is it, like 30,000-strong death squad in Los Angeles? Like, the, the, I don't think an insurrectionary movement can combat structured militant violence no i don't think we can and that's the thing
1: that brings us back to the why we talk about china which is that china understands that idea and they understand that the only way to combat these overt violently you know right-wing groups is by developing their own organizations and even though these organizations may commit crimes and sometimes they may make you know. Big fucking crimes. Mm -hmm. They are still inherently better than the the capitalist alternative. Yeah, exactly. I think that is the conclusion for this podcast, which is that no matter how bad leftist groups may be, except for fucking Pol Pot, fuck the Khmer Rouge. He wasn't even leftist. He was. He was funded by the CIA, which is my point exactly. Um, Leftist groups must except that they have to have organization and structure in order to survive. And sometimes those organizations will make ex- will make mistakes and those organizations will make- commit crimes. But those crimes are still inherently better than the same exact crimes that would be much worse under capitalism. All right. This is Lee Chen.
0: This is Jim.
1: And we are negotiating management Episode 10. Yeah. The big double digits. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a good week. Stay safe out there. Any closing comments?
0: Um, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, we talked about Kenosha and Portland. Wagers and China. And I guess this will be the end of our outro. But yeah, that's about it. All right. All right. See you guys next week. Peace.